0: What's going on, people? It's your boy Big Man use back in the building. Welcome back to Album Cuts. This is episode 64. Um, like I always do, apologies for the long hiatus. Um, but we won't get into all of that today. Let's just get into uh today's episode. Alright, so I want to talk about one or two things in particular. The first thing I want to talk about is uh these recent link up TV top five episodes, yeah. So For those who are aware or unaware, they've got four episodes so far. Uh, They've done Top 5 Street Banger, uh, Top 5 UK Project of All Time. They've done Top 5 Lyricist, which I'm absolutely... I don't know what word to use to describe it. Uh, Anyway, I'll get into that a bit later. Um, Then Top 5 Money Earners. So I want to get into the Top 5 UK Projects. Um, I want to go through what they had on their show as their top five, and then I'll give you my top five. And I want to quickly touch on the Lyricist one. I'm not going to go in depth with the Lyricist one. I might do another episode on that one separately, but I just want to touch on, because I watched it yesterday, so it's fresh in my mind, isn't it? I want to touch on that a little bit. Then I might get into a bit of Chip and Stormzy, but you know it is? I actually recorded an episode on Chip and Stormzy when Chip first released those two diss tracks, but I wanted to wait to see if Stormzy had replied, um, whether or not I was going to release it or record another part and attach them together so I can report on both sides of the story. But as of right now, Stormzy hasn't replied. I don't think he will. So it's looking like a kind of a dead story, but I might touch on that a bit as well. Uh, but yeah, let's get into this um, top five UK projects of all time. So shout out to Link Up TV. Uh, the panel they had was Lippi, Margs and Marvin, Marvin Abby from Free Shots of Tequila. Shout out to mark shout out to Lippy, and they had um Arnold George A. Squeezy as the host. Alright, so it wasn't clear to me what the criteria was for their top five, but basically each of them, each three of them, they each three of them, that's not even how to say it. All three of them um compiled their own top five lists and then based upon you know what was on the board, they kind of mixed and matched and kind of had to agree on a final top five. So their final top five from five to one, um, was gigs walk in the park, dizzy rascal boy in the corner, gigs and dubs, hard body, uh, J hus common sense and Kano home, sweet home. Um, so that was their top five UK projects ever. Yeah. um, the one the one um, submission that made me laugh was um, Lippy. He um, put Nines um Crabs in a Bucket on his top five when that album only came out this month or last month. And when that show came out, the album had only been out for about two weeks or a week and a half. And Lippy put the album in his top five albums ever. Like, I don't know. When I was watching it, I didn't really think that they, these guys took the of all time into consideration maybe those are thinking what are their personal favorite projects but when you're thinking UK all time you can't put an album that just came out a week ago (laughs) in that list I found that kind of funny still all right so their list isn't too bad to be fair I agree with three entries on their list I won't say which ones yet until I give you my final list but three of their entries made my final top five um The two that I don't... Well, telling you the two I don't agree with will make it obvious which three are in mine, but there's two I don't agree with, but you know what, I'll save that until I get into mine. So when I compiled my one, um, I took a few things into consideration. So I gave myself um, a criteria. My criteria was... Sorry, I'm reading off the paper. My criteria was... um, Where is it? All right, impact. So what... What impact did that album have on the scene? On you know just the landscape of music at the time? On other artists, did it kind of set trends? Was it kind of trailblazing? Was it um, almost genre-defining at the time? Yeah. So impact for me was huge in terms of um, you know what albums made my list. Then I had um, longevity. Has this album stood the test of time? Can you play it now? Does it still bang now the same way it did when it first released? Um, then, obviously, the quality of the actual music like, how good is the music? Like, the beats, um, the lyrics, and just the whole, the way the whole album's put together, the cohesiveness, just everything about that uh, the project. How how well was it put together? How quality is the music? Um, what else did I have on my criteria list? I think that's kind of what I based it on. Then, obviously, a bit of personal preferences in there as well. I'm not gonna. I'm not picking albums that I feel the masses love. I'm picking albums that I that I love, but obviously with that criteria in mind. I think only one of my projects that are in my top five don't meet a lot of. Um, well, it probably one album in particular doesn't probably meet impact and longevity. Well, it probably does meet longevity, but it probably doesn't. Me impact, and I think impact for me is probably the the biggest criteria, the criteria that's most important to me is impact. Um, quality of music, of course, of course, but in terms of naming an album a top five UK album ever, I think impact plays a major part in why an album is put on that pedestal. If an album hasn't didn't have any impact, then how can it really be said to be a top five album? Um, but yeah, I'll get into that when I tell you what my top five are. Um what else do I want to say? All right, cool, let me get into my top five then. Well before I actually mention my top five, one the funny thing is I actually recorded this episode already and I had a different top five and I changed it. Um, so this is a honourable mention. This album is really a personal favourite. It doesn't really fit my criteria apart from in my opinion quality of music. And longevity to me because I still play the album now and I still like it. Um, but Scorcher, Concrete Jungle is my honourable mention. So it's not in my top five, but it's a personal favour of mine. I love that album. Um, when did that album come out, after after double check, but yeah, that's that's probably in my personal top. That's in my personal top ten UK albums ever. I just love a lot of the songs on the album. It came out when Scorch was kind of at his peak when it looked like he was the next to blow, like he was the next one up. But obviously, due to a few different reasons, his career never really took, um, never really went down that path. Um, But yeah, Scorcher, Concrete Jungle, is my honorable mention for top five album ever. But, excuse me, more of a personal preference choice than an album that fits the criteria that I specified at the beginning. All right, cool. So my top five, UK albums ever, and shout out to Marv Abbey because he actually put this album in his top five, but it didn't make you uh, Link Up TV's final top five. Hold on, before I even talk about this album, let me make sure I get up the track list so I can tell you guys what. To be fair, I actually done an episode on this, uh, well, not on the album per se, but on the group um, a few episodes ago. Um, one second, let me make sure I get the album up, just so we're just so I'm clear. Internet's moving very higgy right now. All right, here we go. Got the track list up. All right, cool. So my number five entry for uh, top UK album, or, well, projects, as they said, because mixtapes are included in this as well. So top five UK project of all time. is so solid crew, they don't know. All right, this album came out in 2001. Um, this album for me, In terms of being genre-defining, 100%. Um, They are one of the forefathers of UK, you know, let's call it urban music, grime, garage, whatever you want to call it like, in terms of who kind of set trends, who bust down and broke down doors, who, you know, one of the first artists from our scene to chart and to get, you know, commercial success and to appear on top of the pops and to, you know, just break barriers. So Solid that definitely, definitely 100% there, up there. Um, they Don't Know is the album that featured 21 Seconds, um, which was obviously a big single. They Don't Know, big single. Even the remix with Miss Dynamite was massive as well. What else was on there? Haters was on there. Oh No, Sentimental Things was on there. Um, Whoa was on there, which is massive ride with us. Uh, what else is on here as well? Uh, did I mention haters? Yeah, I did mention haters. Um, just album's sick in general. How many tracks on this album? 20 songs. The album's cold. That album's cold. So in terms of my criteria, all right. So impact, the impact of this album was huge. Um, the influence this album had on other artists was, was massive. You know what I mean, like, most of the artists you see today, maybe not so much the younger ones, maybe not so much the, the drill artists or the Afrobeat artists, but a lot of the Gram MCs who came out after, let's say, who came out from maybe 2003 onwards, they definitely looked up to So Solid, 100%, 100%. So the impact this album had on the UK urban scene was huge. The impact it had on other artists was huge as well. Um, they set trends, video like their videos was was sick at the time. Like budgets were huge for you know for for, for what it was. Um, concepts were sick as well. They were driving around in Audi TTs. Everything looked flashy. That like they were they were producing music videos that were like the UK equivalent to what we saw in America, kind of thing. Like that they, they were like our version of say I don't know, just big budget hype like William videos. This is so so they were doing it large in the UK. Um, what else on the criteria Um, longevity I think this album still bangs today like I can still bang 21 seconds oh no whoa they don't know like to me the music has definitely stood the test of time music was quality quality as well Um, beats were hard lyrics were sick like there's nothing you know them projects where you can't really fault it there's nothing bad to say about this album I don't have a negative critique about this album Like it's it's definitely a staple in the UK urban scene, hundred percent. Like, I don't. For me, there's no arguments. If anyone has to put this on the list, it's more to do with a generational, sorry, generational thing. Like, maybe you just you weren't born when this album came out, or you were too young when the album came out. Whatever. Like, if this album is not in your top five, it's mainly based on just your age, in my opinion. Because if you're talking top five ever. And I don't see how this album isn't included for me anyway. Um, what else did I have on my criteria? So longevity, impact, quality of music, and genre-defining. Yeah, so 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 the Crew, They Don't Know for me is definitely a top five UK album ever. All right, next up on my list, this one is more of a personal favorite. Um, again, let me get the track list up just so I, I'm able to ring off a couple songs on there just to give you guys context. Um, one second, I should have had this prepared. To be honest, um, here we go. All right, so this was well, not even an album. Actually, this is a this is a mixtape. This is a mixtape, um, and it's Blade Brown, Bags and Boxes Two. All right, Bags and Boxes Two. I love this mixtape. I'll be honest with you. Um, this mixtape has bangers on it, like. Break Bread, um, Life of Mine, um, what else is on here that I love, 30K featuring Sincere, um, Rap Liars featuring Colours, um, Be in a Room with Gunna D, White Tees with Fecky and Young's Teflon, um, yeah, German Cars, Well, this this mixtape is hard. It's my favourite mixtape in the Bags and Boxes series, 100%. Um, in terms of my criteria, again, this album is the one I spoke about earlier when I said it doesn't really tick a lot of my boxes, but I just had to put it in there because it's a it's a UK project that I love, that I bang, so quality of music, I can't argue with that. The beats are hard, shout-outs to Khan's Hill. Um, obviously, Blade Brown does his thing. In terms of um, longevity, it still bangs today. I can't remember what year it came out, but it's still... To me, it still holds weight the same way it did when it first came out. Um, impact, I can't say its impact was huge. The bags and boxes series, I would say, has a biz had or has a big impact within the mixtape game for sure. It's one of the strongest mixtape series um, that this country has, in my opinion. Um, I can't think of. I'm sure there there are artists who have, um, you know, quality and hyped up mixtape series, but off the top of my head right now, I can't think of an artist that has... How many bags and boxes are there? There's four, I believe, or five. Hold on, his latest one. Let me just double-check his latest one. But I can't think of an artist who has such a solid mixtape series. And when I say series, I mean mixtapes of the same name that follow the same, you know, um, it's a a volume thing. Volume one, two, three, four kind of thing. Hold on, how many... I'm sure there's four, because... Four came out like an album, or was it five? Yeah, four, sorry. So Bags and Boxes four was kind of, that was more like an album, the way it kind of was rolled out. Um, But yeah, I can't think of a mixtape series stronger than Bags and Boxes. If there's any that you guys can think of, shout me, but off the top of my head, mm, can't really think of any. Um, So yeah, Bags and Boxes two for me is solid. One of the best mixtapes, in my opinion. but yeah, more of a personal choice. Maybe it should have been at number five. You know what? Yeah. You know what? I'm going to flip it around. I'm going to put Bags and Boxes at number five, and I'm going to put So Solid They Don't Know at number four. Yeah, I don't know what, what why did I even put that in that order? That makes more sense. So yeah, Bags and Boxes at number five. It's only because it's more of a personal choice. It doesn't really tick a lot of the boxes, apart from quality of music. Um, the series as a whole has 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 and had come and talk today. The series as a whole has and has <laughs> had and has uh, a big impact on the UK scene. Um but this one in particular, um is more of a personal preference. Some people don't some people's favourite might be volume one, might be two, might be three, might be four, whatever, but for me, two is the best one. Um generally Defining, not really and what else did i say longevity yeah longevity i think it's, i think it's still bang today but yeah bags and boxes too i'll put that at number five and so sorry crew they don't know we'll put that at number four all right all right next on my list is um gigs gigs walk in the park all right so i'll, I'll confess when i first made this list gigs wasn't on there um but then i thought you know what let me go back and listen to it just to just to reaffirm and to refresh my memory and hundred percent Walk in the Park has to be has to be a top five UK project ever. In terms of its impact, in terms of UK rap, obviously gigs is one of the Four of UK rap. That's you know, goes without saying. Um and obviously I'm from South London, so when I hear uh Walk in the Park and I hear some of the references to Peckham and to certain members of Peckham Boys, whatever, whatever, it resonates with me a bit because obviously I'm I grew up in that in that generation, so it kinda it kinda hits home a bit. Um beats are hard. I'm trying to like I love gigs now and I love the way gigs raps now, but this old gigs, it hits different. You know what I mean? Like the album is just cold. Um, in terms of like yeah like UK rap wise he's one of the forefathers. Sorry, let me just get up the let me get up the track list quickly. All right. So even from the title track, intro, um, open up, cut a bag, you raised me, walk in the park for OTB, test out the nine, the remix, oof, cold. Um, rat-a-tat-tat. It's just hard. Um, more maniacs. Yeah, the album's hard. The album's hard. Beats are hard. Lyrics are hard. Gutter. Just UK rap at its, at its essence. Um, in terms of the criteria, longevity, yep. The album still bangs. Like, this album came out when? This album came out in like, oh, oh, come on, oh, wait. Come on, oh, wait. Okay, come out, oh, wait. According to Apple Music. Um, and the album still hits hard today. Um, quality of music, goes without saying. Beats are hard. Lyrics are hard. Uh, longevity, I said that already. Impact was huge. Like, like I said before, Giggs is one of the the forefathers of UK rap, um, and this album definitely set set a bar in terms of like a whole, a cohesive body of work. Um, and was it genre defining? I would say so. I would say so. I would say it's one of the first full length proper UK rap albums that, from top to bottom, were just. Cold, music was quality, Um, very impactful. You know, you got features on there from Joe Grind, Young Spray, Boost, um, Killer Kai, Kai's Dubs. Yeah, come on. So, certain so albums don't really don't really much talk like Who Can a Park is a classic. It's a classic. Um, Alright, that's number three. At number two, so these two. I kind of kept swapping them back and forth. I wasn't sure which one to put at one, which one to put at two. Um, but for me, these two albums um, were definitely two of the first albums to really, you know, set the bar. Really, just like obviously, Soulja was there before them, but they—they they, these albums for me took it to the next level. They—they they really showed that the UK scene had stars, that we could produce classic albums, and that... Yeah, listen, let me just get back. Let me get into both of them and then I can really get in my bag. All right, so at number two, and this was number one before, but I've kind of I've, I swapped them around. So number two is Kano, Home Sweet Home. Um, and Link Up TV had this as number one, but I'm putting it at number two. So... In terms of the criteria, my criteria, quality of music, listen, Kano, for me, is one of the best MCs this country has ever produced, for me personally. Um, And that's, I'll get into that later with the lyricist one. Um, So in terms of quality of music, like, the guy is just a sick rapper. He can give you grime, he can give you rap, he can give you even a little bashment twist, like Kano is just cold. In my opinion, he should be held to... Um, he should be on a higher pedestal, but for whatever reason, I don't think people look at him as they should. Maybe his career didn't really go down the path it should have, but Kano, to me, is, is an undisputed champ. Um, the album gave you everything. You know I mean? It was a mixed bag of grime, hip-hop, even a little bit of rock elements with, typ- with Typical Me. He gave you Songs for the Ladies, Brown Eyes, Night Night, and... Um, the albums was cold. P's and Q's, Signs of Life, Um, Remember Me, Um, uh, Mic Check. What else is on there? I'm not even looking at the track list. i just this is all off my this is all of memory. The albums was hard. The albums hard. Um, and at the time, nobody was producing albums like this at the time or projects. Like from top to bottom, it was just quality. Like one of the albums I can't really fault. It's more of a a preference thing. Do you like that song or don't you like? It's, there was no shit songs on that album, um, and it definitely, it definitely, definitely raised the bar. Yeah, that's one term I've been meaning to say. Like a lot of these albums that I've mentioned, raised the bar. Walk in the Park raised the bar. source the Crew, they don't know raised the bar. Um, Bags and Boxes two for me as a mixtape definitely raised the bar. Um, that that mixtape is like an album to me in terms of like just the quality of music. Um, but Home Sweet Home definitely raised the bar and set a new standard in terms of like what MCs from our scene can produce. Because at the time, no one's producing music like, like Kano or just a body of work like Kano. Um, the album, that's at like number one. Even that album, that album was specific to just one genre. And maybe this is why Kano should be number one. But I'll just put the album I put at number one because of its impact was just massive. And I feel like it had a bigger impact than Kano's album did. But to me, that they—I mean, it's still—they're still one and two. They can still change any given moment in terms of how I feel, whatever, whatever. But Kano number two. Uh, What did I say? Longevity. Yep. Come on, the album still bangs now. Impact was massive. Music was quality, Um, and it definitely—I don't say—I wouldn't say it was genre defining because it wasn't just one genre, but it definitely defined now to be fair it's hard to say with the album because it wasn't could it had mixed elements in it i wouldn't say it defined any genre but it definitely put its stamp down across different genres so grime hip-hop whatever um so yeah Kano home sweet home is definitely definitely a top five uk album ever and it's on, it's number two on my list number one on my list i'm sure everyone's guessed what it is dizzy rascal boy in the corner Link Up TV put this album number four. They put it after Walk in the Park and they put it... No, sorry. They put it before Walk in the Park and they put it after Gigs and Dubs, Hard Body. Um, And they put Kano number one. The album I don't agree with is J-Hus Common Sense. J-Hus Common Sense, to me, isn't a top five UK album ever. It's a very good album. Like, in terms of raising the bar musically yes like j5 on production like the live instruments the production is like, its a sick like it's a it could be top 10 but i wouldn't say it's top five for me but i wouldn't argue with it being in anyone's top five because in terms of being impactful yes but i think it's too i think it's impact hasn't been felt yet because it's too early and this impact when it was released was big, but I don't think it was big enough to be a top five album. Um longevity, we're still yet to see because it hasn't been out for that long, years wise. Quality of music, A1, I can't argue with the quality of music, quality of music is sick. And it definitely is judgment defining to be fair, because if you look at I'll classify Jay Husserl's Afro Swing, and this is probably you know how they say when the Corner is the Grime Bible. Um, Common Sense might be the Afro Swing Bible, or whatever, basically, whatever genre of music J-Hus fits in, that album is probably the Bible for that genre. I don't want to define it now, because I'm not sure what exactly J-Hus does, but J-Hus does a lot of stuff. Um, right, so, Boy in the Corner. Boy in the Corner came out in 2003. Boy in the Corner is just genius, to be fair. In terms of... It's impact was huge. It was, I want not say it was the first Grime album, but it might have been. In terms of like, no, to be fair, More Fire Crew, um, first album came out before Dizzy's actually, I think, called CV. But anyway, in regards to that, this album had a much bigger impact. This album was probably the first Grime album to be, to be released mainstream, besides More Fire Crew. Um... Obviously, it won the Mercury Prize. It was out on XL Records. It was just just huge. Its impact was mad. Um, I Love You was the first single, um, which was massive before the album even came out. The album is just sick. It's classic. Boy in the Corner is a classic album. It's the grand Bible. It's basically a grand version of Illmatic, basically. Um, it's, Its impact was huge. Its impact on... The Grime scene was huge. His impact on other MCs was huge. Uh, longevity goes without saying. It definitely defined Grime at that time. Um, quality of music. Dizzy was what, 16 when he made when he made um, I Love You? I'm not sure how old he was. Maybe 18, 17, 18, 19 when the album came out. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, in terms of UK projects, and it's, it's, it's also, even you talk about fame, it's one of the most famous projects as well from the UK in terms of like, I mean, what, what's, what's a well-known UK album. Boy in the corner always comes to mind because it it was, it it was so, it was so known just throughout, you know, throughout the UK. Everyone listened to it. Everyone banged it. It sold quite well as well. Um, So yeah, Boy in the Corner for me is definitely the number one UK album ever, ever produced. It just, it just defined grime, defined grime. Obviously this is when Dizzy was, I think Dizzy was a better MC then. He was more sharp, he was more vicious, he was more potent potent. And I think he kind of he kinda of had mastered his craft very early. Um, this was before obviously he had pop attempts and, you know, he made more mainstream music. But when Dizzy was in that bag, that grime, grime gutter bag, listen, there was no no one better than Dizzy at the time. Eight bar lyrics on radio, come on, on sets. Dizzy was the guy. So for me, Boy in the Corner is the best um, UK project ever of all time. All right, I hope I've done that justice. Um, what did I want? Oh yeah, cool. So just quickly, I don't want to get too much into this, but so they done um, a top five UK lyricists yesterday. Actually, yes, it came out yesterday. Um, they had it's it's the same two panelists with a guest. So it was Margs, Lippy again, and they had Young Teflon as the as a panelist. So, my first issue with having um, a panel which consists of two MCs who are compiling a list of the top MCs. What's going to happen? They're going to put themselves in the list. So, Margs and Young Teflon, who were the were the panelists on this show, were both in the final top five. Margs and Young's Teflon are very good rappers, yeah? But Margs and Young Teflon Tef are not... In my opinion, in the top five UK MCs ever. Come on. So, obviously, it's extreme bias having two rappers on the panel and then those two rappers end up in the top five. It makes no sense. No sense at all. Um, The funny thing about that, about yesterday was, I mean, about watching it yesterday was, when Margs put Kano in his top five, Lippia and Teflon were like, Kano? like Margus had his whole top five, and they were like, "Yeah, your top five looks cool, but mm, I'm not sure about Kano." I'm like, "You're not sure about Kano? It's a madness! It's a madness!" Um, their top five was—I can't remember. I should have I written down. To be fair, it was uh, Getz, I believe. Then Young Teflon, then Potter Paper, then I think Dave, then Margs. Hmm, that's interesting. The only MC on that list that would make my top five list would be Gets. I wouldn't put Margs, Young Steff, Dave, or Pot of Paper. No disrespect, because those are all they're all cold MCs. But a top five ever, none of them for make it for me. Um, but again, this is all down to preference. And of course, Margs and Steff are gonna um, believe in themselves and believe that they are one of the best MCs. Why would you rap? unless you believed you were one of the best MCs. So I get it, but I think that's a more of a link-up TV issue. They shouldn't have had those two on the panel. If you're making a list of the top five rappers, you should have all non-rappers on the panel, not two rappers, because obviously they're going to put themselves in the list. Unless you're a rapper who doesn't... Unless you're a rapper who's you're blatantly not a lyricist. Like, Let me just give an example. Just say you're... I don't know. Like Lethal B, for example. Lethal B is more of a, he makes bangers, he makes club music. He's not, he's a good rapper, but he's not a lyricist. I, I don't believe he would ever put himself in the top five ever. You know what I mean, whereas if you are capable, if you are a lyricist, you would obviously think you're one of the best. So I don't, I get why they both. To be fair, it was Lippy that put Marks on the board. Marks didn't put himself on the board, but Tef did put himself on the board. So it's more, it's more of a Tef thing. Mark didn't put himself... Mark's had... Wretch um, at number one, I believe... And he had... I can't remember the order... But he had Kano... Wretch... Gets... I can't remember the other two... Um, so his, his list was more accurate... Because if you're talking about... A top five list... If Wretch isn't there... Then it doesn't make any sense... Like Wretch is one of the best... Lyricist, wordsmith... This country's ever produced... So if he's not in a, in a top five list... Then it doesn't make any sense... Like... To me and to anyone... In my opinion... Um, but I might, I might do my own top five list, but because I only watched this yesterday, I haven't had any time to kind of compile it. Um, but yeah, I just found it interesting that two panelists ended up on the top five. Um, but yeah, check those videos out actually if you haven't, they're all on YouTube. All right, cool. Um, not going to waste much more of your time. Uh, let me get into two projects that are coming out. One's coming out tomorrow and... The other I believe is coming out next week. So we've got Dizzy Rascal and we've got DW. So Dizzy's album, E3F, E3AF. Um that album should be out uh on the 30th. Hold on. Yeah, October the 30th. Tracklist came out last week. Interesting features to be fair. Uh 10 songs. You've got track one, God Knows, featuring P-Money. Looking forward to that. Uh, That's Too Much, featuring Frisco and D W. Looking forward to that. This song is already out. Don't really love it. Um, love Life, Live Large, featuring Chip. Not a fan of that song. Body Loose, single. Single type vibe. Definitely reminiscent of something that would have been on tongue and cheek I like it. Can't complain. Track five, You Don't Know. Track six, Energies and Powers, featuring... Alicia, or Alyssa Harley, and still bangles. That sounds like a a club joint. Uh, you got Eastside, which is the song I'm looking forward to the most. Eastside featuring Getz and Kano. Hmm. Dizzy Getz and Kano on a song called Eastside. That sounds rather delicious. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. I don't believe you've ever heard Dizzy on a song with any of those two before. No, we haven't. Um, then we've got Act Like You Know, which is featuring the Smoke Boys, aka Section Boys. That song's already out. Don't really love it, if I'm, if I'm honest. It's not, I'm not really a fan of that song. Then you've got Don't Be Dumb featuring Ocean Wisdom and Be Incredible featuring Rob Jones TV. So yeah, 10 songs. It's a bit short for me. I would have preferred a couple more songs. Um, but I'm definitely looking forward to track 7, track 1, and track 2. So yeah, that comes out on the 30th. Looking forward to that. Then DW's album actually comes out tomorrow. This is called Double or Nothing. 12 songs. You've got Contact Us, um, Capture the Day, Out of Order, uh, What You Want featuring Gigs. Looking forward to that. Deeper, Deeper, Tell Me a Ting featuring Kano, which is already out. Bedroom Bully featuring Miss Banks. The snippet of this song actually came out yesterday and it sounds hard, so I'm looking forward to hearing the full version. Ring, Ring featuring Scraps. Where do we come from? Featuring Gets, which came out earlier this year. Um, Trouble featuring Triggs, uh, grinding away featuring JME and twenty four seven. So yeah, D double project coming out tomorrow. Go and check that out. All right, cool. Before I let you guys go, quickly touch on this Chip and Stormzy situation, and I want to read a comment that a listener left on the Meet Us After Seven. For you, for you guys who don't know, I've got another podcast called Meet Us After 7, and um, we spoke about this whole situation, and then someone left a long comment, um, which kind of gives a bit of, sound like he sounds like he's an insider, he's got inside info, so I'll read that out as well, just to give you guys a bit of tea, if it's true or not, I don't know, uh, it's more so speculation than anything else, but yeah, it's not news anymore, you guys know Chip released two diss tracks, uh, Flowers and Killer MC, uh, both aimed at Stormzy, before that, he released a video of Stormzy and two guys or three guys, whatever it was, um, going to Chip's apartment to confront him about um, the alleged diss or subs. Um, the beef stems from, I believe, uh, what's the song called? Ways. So ways off of the Skepta, Chip, and Young Ads album. There's a bar in there which people thought was for Stormzy. And then Stormzy replied with his own disc towards Chip on the Wayne, Dutch Aveli and Stormzy's track, I don't know. And then it just went from there. So anyway, don't want to give you guys a spiel. You guys already know what, what I'm going with this. It's been about two or three weeks, I believe, maybe a bit shorter. And Stormzy hasn't replied. doesn't seem like he will reply. Maybe he will, to be fair. But you know what it is about beef these days? And this wasn't the rule before, but people are always looking for the quick turnover time. Like if you don't reply within twenty four hours or two days and you've lost the battle or you're taking long. Whereas if you look at it look at it properly, the Stormzy, this, um, even though it wasn't direct, um, on um I don't know, came out months ago and Chips replied just a couple of weeks ago. So you know what I mean? And then if you look at even you look at classic beefs, Nas replied to Jay Z like six months later. So and to be fair, I think Chips the one who really started this whole Reply back quickly thing like reply back within a day or whatever with his beef with Bugsy before that people didn't really It wasn't really pressure for you to re- release a, uh, a track within 24 hours or whatever it was so Whatever Stormzy can reply when he wants and to be fair The reason why I think people think he won't reply because when he was beefing with Wiley He released tracks quickly as well. He, re- he was releasing songs maybe a day or two after Wiley um, replied to him so that does. That is very telling, and I don't think Stormzy, Stormzy will reply, to be fair. But if he does, we'll listen anyway. All right, so let me just read out what one of my listeners uh, put in the comments, and then we'll go from there. So he said, uh, Stormzy pulled up to Chip's house twice. Um, the day, I don't know, was released, he pulled up apologizing for doing a whole verse aimed at Chip. And then two days later, unannounced, uh, so he and friends could... Oh, sorry, so he turned up again two days later unannounced. Um, so he so he and his friends could scare Chip out of replying. Um, he was literally reacting to his own verse. Um, so basically saying that Stormzy dissed Chip and then maybe got shook. So went to see Chip to ask Chip not to reply back to him. Sounds a bit weird. Um... To which Chip was not bothered, Stormzy agreed to a one diss track featuring both MCs spraying, but changed his mind after hearing Chip's verse. So Stormzy and Chip both agreed to do one diss track each at each other, and then Stormzy pulled out after hearing Chip's verse aimed at him. Okay. Um, sorry, this paragraph has no comments, so I'm just trying to sort it through. Um, Stormzy tried to control what move Chip made next. Chip told him to fuck off. Uh, he then literally started crying like a bitch, making fre- frets to end Chip on the mic and on the world stage. Uh, there are voice notes to prove it. Okay, so whoever this is... Well, his name's here, but I won't say his name. Well, to be fair, he didn't put this comment up anonymously. Shout out to Carl Mason who put up this comment. Um, so there's voice notes to prove this. So obviously, he's heard voice notes, so I'm assuming he... Knows either Chip or Stormzy, or he knows friends of either of them, so he has inside information. So Chip blocks Stormzy, um, I'm assuming on WhatsApp or whatever. Uh, that's when Stormzy pulled up with goons to Chipmunk's house, laughing emoji. Uh, you couldn't make this shit up, laughing, 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 laughing emojis. Um, now the self-proclaimed wicked skangman, king of grime, is in the booth twitching and sweating with anxiety. Sorry guys, uh, Garnerman man fucked up. Next day he was at a rally with the blank stare in his face. Finish who? On what mic? I got Mike dressing. Birthplace, Sheddington Crescent. Kings get beheaded. What well, those are chip lyrics. Alright, to be fair, this doesn't sound made up. If I'm honest with you, it doesn't sound made up. I mean, you have to be pretty crazy to write a long-ass paragraph like this under a comment of lies. So... And to be fair, it could be Chinese whispers. He, this guy Carl, could have heard something from someone. That heard something from someone. You know how, you know, things filter through a pipeline like Chinese whispers. So you hear something, and people just change the story as it goes along. So maybe he's got a story which has been altered, but it does sound doesn't sound completely false. Um, so yeah, we'll see how this unfolds. Whether or not Chip, sorry, whether or not Stormzy replies, is still yet to be seen. But. We'll keep our ears and eyes peeled to the streets and see whether or not, you know, he does. If not, I don't think... Well, to be fair, what else? Chip, Chip actually had a third song that he teased on his Instagram that hasn't been released yet. I'm sure he's waiting to see if Stormzy does before he releases it. But yeah, Stormzy has a... Sorry. Chip has a third song on the way. So let's see whether or not he releases that. I think he's released it regardless whether or not uh, Stormzy replies or not. Just just put it out. Because right now, he's, he's 2 no up. He can go 3-0 no up if he wants. Um, Oh, yeah all right cool that's all i got for today but yeah i'm gonna try not to uh take too long before i release another episode i might do just quick short episodes 45 to an hour whatever whatever just so i can get more content out but yeah guys appreciate you listening um and yeah stay locked for the next episode Um peace